I hope that you caught the message of that video. And by the way, thank you, Jody, for sharing your message. I, I got to think if I can't preach after that, That don't light your fire, your wood's wet. And so, I, I'm, I'm th I thank you for that. The reminder, even though it's a familiar song, we've heard it all of our lives. It's a great reminder during these kinds of times that God is greater than any challenge that we face, including the new year. I want to remind you that this time last year, 2020 was going to be a great year. We had no idea what was coming, did we? We had no idea what it was going to be like to be quarantined. We've learned words like social distancing. We have learned that people besides doctors and dentists wear the masks. And we have, we have learned how, uh, how, to, how to do without times together. And it's been a difficult, hard year. And last year, it was going to be good. So what's this year going to be like? Is it going to be a good year? Is it going to be a better year? Is it going to be a bad year? Or is it even going to be a worse year? We don't know that. Uh, but there's one thing that we do know, and you can see the words on the screen out of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I want to remind you that when those words were written, the Christian church was under great persecution by the Roman Empire. There was a, a lot of uncertainty in, in their day, a lot, of, uh, a lot of challenges in their day. But the reminder or that thing that they held on to was that Jesus Christ never changes. This world will change. This world one day will get better. One day, this world will probably get worse. But Jesus Christ is the same. And so therefore, as Christians, we have something that we can draw on that the world, the rest of the world, cannot. And that is our living relationship with Jesus Christ. So this year, it's we got the same God, but we've got a new year, new challenges, years of uncertainty. This past week, I came across a, a quote that I want to share with you by a man named A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer is one of my favorite authors. He, he, is, he lived in the early part of the, of the uh, uh, 20th century. Uh, I think he passed away in, in the 1960s. And he's one of the most profound thinkers, one of the most profound uh, Christian apologists that I've ever read. And he wrote a, a booklet, uh, or a book, I, I should say, that's entitled The Warfare of the Spirit. And I want to read to you, it's a little bit lengthy, but I've got all the words uh, on the screen for you. Uh, as he talks about the Christian and the new year. Follow along with me as I, as I read from A.W. Tozer's The Warfare of the Spirit. I do not advise that we end the year on a somber note. The march, not the dirge, has ever been the music of Christianity. If we are good students in the school of life, there is much the years have to teach us. 
But the Christian is more than a student, more than a philosopher. He is a believer, and the object of his faith makes the difference, the mighty difference. Of all persons, the Christian should be best prepared for whatever the new year brings. Did you hear that? The Christian of all people should be best prepared for whatever the new year brings. He has dealt with life at its source. In Christ, he has disposed of a thousand enemies that other men must, be, uh, must face alone and, un and unprepared. He can face his tomorrow cheerful and unafraid because yesterday he turned his feet into the ways of peace and today he lives in God. Here's how he wraps it up. The man who has made God his dwelling place will always have a safe habitation. I just absolutely love that that uh, uh, that quote, that 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 passage that Tozer has written. Of all people, Christians should be ready for the new year. But what if the new year, if this happens? What if it goes bad? What if it goes south? What, what if, what if, what if? It should matter because you are in Christ. Now, these are not just original thoughts with A.W. Tozer. In fact, this is what the Bible tells us that we're going to read today in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. That the believer is, is one who is best prepared for facing whatever life may throw at him. And so today, my title of my sermon is Facing 2021 Head On. We kind of run a little bit, haven't we, from 2020. We counted down, I know at, at our place, we counted down uh, on New Year's Eve because we were wanting that year to end. But the, the Bible teaches us that we should embrace what's coming tomorrow. Not because it's good necessarily, but because we are in Christ. And being in Christ enables us to face the world, whatever happens, head on. So let's read these verses. And then I want to draw your attention to some of the, the things that are, uh, that are written uh, in the, and, and spoken in these, in these uh, verses. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, through his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. And by the way, before we go on, the first chapters of the book of Hebrews were a comparison of of a relationship with Jesus with the relationship of, that the Hebrews had with God at the temple. And, and he points out how Jesus was better than everything at the temple. Remember in the early part of the, of the church history, most, if not all Christians, well, most Christians were Jewish people. They were people who were used to going to the temple and they were used to offering sacrifices. 
he, the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus was the greater sacrifice. That he was also our great high priest. Greater than the, the high priest over the temple. He's, he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus was higher, higher and greater. And when he went into the holy place. The most holy place. He didn't do the one on earth that was a pattern. He went into the holy room, the throne room of God himself. And so Jesus is superior to all of these things. And he says, so having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Brian talked about that as we began our worship time this morning. And he talked about, about how that we are marching toward a certain future as, as believers in Jesus Christ, as Christ followers. We have a sure hope, a sure future, and it's grand and glorious and greater than anything that we can imagine, we may have to go through some hard times between here and there, but that day is coming. And so the writer of Hebrews capitalizes the word day, and he's speaking about the time when Jesus, our great high priest, our great sacrifice, will return to take us home. So I want to share with you uh, today about some things that will help us as we face 2021, taking it head on. I don't know if you noticed as we were reading, there were three times in those six verses that we read where the writer used the phrase, let us, let us do this. Let us do this. Let us do this three times. And those I want to be my primary points today to my text. Because he says in light of all of this that we've talked about. About the greatness of Jesus. And the superiority of Jesus over any other thing that we trust in. And let's be honest. We put our faith and our trust and our hope in a lot of things that are uncertain and unsure. Maybe it's our 401k. Maybe it's our health. Maybe it's our homes. All of these things and others are things that we put our faith and our assurance in, but they're not sure like Jesus is. So we, we let us apply these things into our lives to ensure that we are trusting in him. So let me share with you, I've got four points. I know that I said there were three lettuce uh, statements. But I've got four points today, and, and the first one of those is one that I, I think is a foundational point. If this one isn't true in your life, the rest of this is just a motivational speech.
okay? The first thing that I, that I want you to, to remember as you face 2021 on, head on is that you must face uncertainty through a relationship with Jesus. There is uncertainty out there. You understand that, right? Surely we learned that this year. There are things that as we plan our lives, um, we expect to happen. My niece, who lives in Texas, my niece, when she was uh, getting engaged, when she was in college, this is 20 years ago, she met with, with her future mother-in-law and father-in-law. And they were highly driven, highly motivated, highly organized people. Kendra, not so much. Well, a little bit. but And I remember her telling me that, that one of the first things she, they asked her when, she, when they were talking about her marrying their son was that uh, was they asked her what was her seven-year plan. She didn't have a seven-year plan. She probably didn't have a seven-day plan. She's like the rest of us, just kind of going through life and taking whatever comes and trying to make the best out of it. When the lemons come, make lemonade. All of us, even those who have a positive attitude toward things, probably don't always have seven-year plans. So everything is uncertain. Things happen. Things when you do have a plan, things happen to throw it off, and then it really becomes uncertain. Am I right? Here in, uh, in verse 19, the writer of Hebrews says uh, to us, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, that is, through the veil, that is his flesh. Now, in the temple, the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant rested, and on top of the Ark was the mercy seat of God. And it was there through the sacrificial system of Judaism where once a year God would do business with the nation of Israel. The priest would enter into the Holy, uh, the, the Holy of Holies with the blood of a, of a bull, and he would make an offering for himself. They'd come back out and they would take in another bull. And, uh, and, and they would bring the offering of the goat. Uh, and they would put it on the, uh, on the mercy seat. And God would grant them forgiveness for a year. They were making atonement for their sin. And for a year they, they were atoned for. But the next year they had to do it again. And every year there was always a day of atonement where they had to go in and they had to do this. When the priest would go into the Holy of Holies, which was a place where they only entered, and only the high priest, but where he only entered one day a year, uh, he had to enter through the veil. The veil, remember, separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. And it went from the ceiling to the floor and he had to go underneath the veil to get in there. When Jesus died on the cross, you remember what the gospels say happened? The veil of the temple was torn in two. And no longer would the access to God to be under the veil, but rather 
through the veil. And the writer of Hebrews says that that veil that we go through is the flesh of Jesus Christ. The body that Jesus sacrificed on the cross. So therefore, what he's saying is that if we enter into this presence of God, if we are living now no longer separated by this veil, but the way that we access God is no longer through underneath the veil, but through the body, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. If you don't have a living relationship with God through what Jesus Christ did on the cross, you can be a very good and a very moral and a very religious person. You can adopt Christianity as your worldview, and you can agree with, with the tenets of Christianity, but if you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you can't face uncertainty. You're going to be blown around. You're going to be, the world's going to crush you. So to face, to face the next year, the new years, the uncertain times head on, we must make sure that we have a relationship with God through our faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Period. Not through our faith that Jesus in what Jesus did on the cross and our baptism. Or our goodness, or how many songs we sing from the hymnal, but through the body of Jesus Christ, period. Now, let me tell you a second thing that he tells us in this. Now we get into the lettuces. Um, you got to understand when I first started writing the lettuces out, I, I started getting hungry for salad. <laughs> so it's L E T U S. But you'll notice. Uh, uh, the, the second thing that, that we get from this and the first lettuce is that we can face, uh, we can face ungodliness with a heart of purity and faith. I don't know if it's true in your world, but I'm kind of thinking it is. There's a lot of ungodliness that's taking place in the world around you. Or is it just me because nobody said anything? Am I right? Yeah. This world is, is um, how do I say this? I'm just going to say it the way you've heard it. Going to hell in a handbasket. We are, we are uh, doing things now that, are, that 25 years ago would have been illegal. Now are socially accepted. We have a real fall off in our morality in the world around us. And you know, you know, I'm not talking politics only. Just watch television. See what's on TV now. You got to be careful now with G-rated stuff with your kids around. You got to be careful now with G-rated stuff with you around. It can become easily, uh, easily offensive because there is such a presence of ungodliness and immorality. How do you face that? You make sure that your heart and your faith are pure. Now I want you to notice what, uh, what it tells us in verse 20. <clears throat> in verse 20 it says, or I'm sorry, uh, verse 22. Verse 22 says, let us draw near. There's that first let us. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. 
full assurance, absolute confidence. There are very few things in life that I feel comfortable saying I have a full assurance about this. Then I got to thinking about it. Maybe there are more things in this world that I have confidence and a full assurance of than I realize. For instance, when I came up after I had talked a few moments ago and went over, I sat in that chair right over there. I never gave a thought as to whether or not that chair was going to hold me. I had full assurance that it would. I remember, Sue, when we were in, uh, in, in Jamaica and we were staying uh, at the home of a, of a lady and on her front porch she had some plastic lawn furniture. That was what she had. And it wasn't brand new. It had been around for a while. What I'm saying was it was brittle. And it wasn't used to somebody my size sitting on it. And I sat on it and that thing popped and I was flat on the ground. I hit my head against the wall and it was kind of like, where did that come from? Because I had full assurance that it was going to hold me up. Some things I have full assurance in work and some things don't. Okay? He says to let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with a pure water. With pure water. And then he, he, he goes on in, uh, in the next verse. Uh, or I'm sorry, he that I looked at my notes wrong. We need to face ungodliness in the world around us with an assurance that comes from having faith and living a pure, consistent, faithful life. You see, if I'm living my a, a life of, of faith and assurance out, if I'm fleshing it out. I'm going to be cutting against the grain. But I don't, I don't have to fear with that. I can have the assurance that as I live the life the way God tells me to, he will take me safely through and help me to navigate through life. You know that everyone around me, it seems like, want to give me their opinions about what direction I ought to go, what I ought to do. I don't know if that's true in your life. It just seems like everybody's got all sorts of advice for us. I mean, if you don't think that's true, get a cold sometime and see what people do. They'll tell you, yeah, take this, take this, do this. You get a lot of advice. Some of it is good advice. Some of it not so good. But if I'm dealing with life, the uncertainties of life, and the ungodliness around me, with a heart that is pure, God is directing my steps. And God doesn't give bad advice. God doesn't navigate me into a way that will destroy me, but rather he will lead me into the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So face ungodliness with a heart that is pure, with a faith that is pure, and have full assurance in those. The third, the next thing in facing 2021 head on is he tells us face, uh, face hopelessness by embracing the promises of God. Verse 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. What is hope? 
Hope is the assurance in my heart, the confidence that I have in what God says. But here's the problem. Sometimes God says stuff that isn't happening right now. For instance, he may tell us to bring our tithes in the storehouse and he'll open up the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing on us that our barns can't contain. Well, I'm doing that, but my barns aren't full. So what do I put my faith and confidence in? My conditions, my circumstances, or the promises of God? The Bible tells us to put our faith and our hope in the promise that God has made. And hold on to that hope. Don't waver, he says, for he who promised it is faithful. The circumstances are not faithful. The times we live in are not faithful. Viruses come up. Problems come up. Things pop up. But what God has promised, he will complete because he is faithful. Now, he may not complete it the way that I figured out he should do things. You know, I don't know about you, if you've developed a personal theology of the way God works or the way God ought to work. But he doesn't always work in accordance with what my opinion is and my desire is. He works, though, with what's best for us. And he will use every circumstance in our life to accomplish his plan and his purpose for us. So hold to the hope. We have a hope and an assurance that one day Jesus will return and make and right wise everything. Stand everything upright that's now being knocked down. Now, listen to your television talk shows and see if that's what they tell you. Because with this one in office and that one in office, everything's just, you know, it's just going to be a, a mess. Well, it won't be when Jesus returns. And so hold on to that hope. That is not to say, he's not saying here to develop an attitude of wishful thinking. But I think he's telling us here is hold on to the promise because the one who made the promise will make it happen. Let me give you the fourth lettuce today. And that is that we should uh, face difficulties, face difficult times by sharing life in an encouraging community. You know what the encouraging community is I'm talking about? Sure you do. The church. Do you know this? You need me. Amen. Do you know this? I need you. Do you know that the people that are see, that are around you, you need them, and they need you? And the ones that aren't able to be here are the ones who aren't here. They need you, and you need them. That's because God made us that way. God made the church to be interactive, for us to be a part of each other's lives. Look look at the at verse 24. The writer says, let us consider one another. Think about there are other people in life that are going through difficult times as well. 
And there are times they need to be encouraged. There are times they need to be ministered to, prayed for. Just to have somebody come along and put an arm around them. Or receive a smile. Or a handshake or a hug or something like that. But let us consider each other in order to stir up love and good works. Forsake, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As Jesus coming nears, let us consider each other. Now, I think that every time I have ever heard Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 preached on, it's preached on by a preacher who is telling us why it is we ought to be at church. Okay, why your attendance is important. Listen, that's not what he's saying. It is important. But he's saying that, that you are to consider each other and don't forget in considering each other the importance of gathering together so that you can encourage each other. So that you can bless each other and minister to each other. This isn't just about church attendance. This is about sharing a life and a faith life of community. One where we're not just coming into church, sitting in our chair, going through the songs, listening to the, to the message, and then going home. No, it's our, it's our, as Christians, it is our responsibility or the way that we are going to face difficult times when we get involved in each other's lives, when we encourage each other, when we share life together. You see, uh, there's a, a thing that the business world has picked up on that the Christian church has always had. And that is this thing that in the business world they call synergy. Where two persons can get more done together than two persons can individually. That there is a synergy that comes when we all meet and we all are together and we all are doing our part. So that our church is greater than just the sum of all the parts. When we bring all the different parts together... And let's be honest, we are different, am I right? We don't look the same, we don't smell the same, we don't dress the same. Some people like Chinese food, and some people like Mexican food, and some people like all kinds of food. We're all different. We have opinions with regards to the style of music and with the clothing that we, that we wear. We're different in that, in that regard. You know why we're different? Because God made us that way. God made us different. Now this is not, this is spoken of in 1 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians where he talks about how the body is the, uh, or is the sum of all these parts that come together. You've got an eye and an ear and a foot and a kidney. And, and, and you've got all these different body parts. And all the different body parts have a function. They don't look alike. They don't like the same things. They don't do the same things, but they're all necessary to come together and make one body. That's what we have to understand. We're different, but the difference is what makes life enjoyable for us. I am so glad everybody in this church is not like me. I would hate to be pastor to a bunch of people like me. Okay? And some of you should be grateful that everybody's not like you. 
You can finish the thought. But there is strength that takes place in our lives in handling whatever difficulty we face when we share life together. So if you want to have a a year that's coming where no matter what is coming, and we don't know what that is, this is one of the important steps. But the most important of the four points that I shared with you today is that you face this year through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's my challenge, that's the challenge of this sermon today, is that you will measure yourself, you will, you will consider your own relationship with God. Is it, at, is it perfunctory with regards to religion? Or is it based on what Jesus Christ did for me when he died on the cross? And if I have that relationship that is a heart relationship with God, listen, I'm going to be able to do these other things and apply them. And they're going to make a difference in my 2021. And if it makes a difference in my 2021, since you and I are sharing life together, it'll make a difference in yours. God's given us a great opportunity this coming year. I have no idea what kind of challenges will be a part of it. But he's giving us a great opportunity. And I, I just pray and, and, and hope that you will embrace the challenge that God is placing before you this year and face it head on. Will you bow your head to pray with me? Father, today we are so grateful for another new year. It's a, we are now a year closer to when your son returns for us. And Father, we are longing and yearning and looking for that day, whenever it may be, when Jesus Christ appears in the heavens to take us away. Lord, until then, we're going to face new years. We're going to face difficult situations and times of loneliness and loss and grief and sorrow and sadness, as well as circumstances of, of joy and victories. So, Father, we're, we have no idea what the day holds, but we know who holds the day. So, Lord, today we just want to make a commitment of our lives to trust you. To trust you with our days and perhaps our weeks, months, or even years that lie ahead. Thank you, Father, for the encouragement that's given to us in your word to be faithful and keeping on as we trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, that you made the sacrifice for us so we could live life this way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.